Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast Show 298. And we are fired up to give you a doozy and drop that knowledge and give you what you need to win Week 17. But here's the caveat. The name of the show is Boycotting Championships in Week 17. So take everything we say tonight with a grain of salt. You should have already had your championship in Week 16. We say this every Week 17 show in season for every year that we've done this, going back to, I think, 2011. Tonight, we are doing this show over an Uber Uber conference. Uh, Houdini has got a 100-degree temperature, so he is not to the left of me. And I've got Stag Party, the man, the myth, the legend, on the other end of the horn. And I am D-Rex. We are pyromaniac.com. And, um, yeah, how you doing, brother? Good. I mean, the main reason you should be boycotting Week 17 as your championship it looks like the number one overall running back, the number two overall running back, the number one overall receiver, the number two all overall receiver, uh, you know, the top two quarterback and Alex Smith uh, and some other weapons are going to be severely, severely limited and out of this game. So you're missing like the top, you know, core of your lineups. So if you're not playing at least, you know, the two week version where you go 16 and 17, you could be at a major disadvantage and still have had the strongest season, you know, of anybody. But it happens if you do, you know, boycott for change. Uh, we've got uh, a lot of different clinching. I love the way you go right to boycott. You went right to boycott. You weren't like, hey, lobby for the league to make a rule change, you know, maybe see. You're oh, no. like right to, right to hand fist the cost boycott. Your group text right now. And just raise fucking shit. Throw shit against the wall and be like, this is fucking bullshit. I don't have Gurley. I don't have Hopkins. I don't have uh, fucking Kelsey and, you know, Alex Smith. My team is stacked. And now I got to fucking lose to this bitch ass with, you know, Malcolm Brown, who we picked up two hours ago. Yep, I'm I'm with you, man. I actually was in a league ages ago. We all know I've been doing fantasy for longer than most people have been alive, including I think yourself, Stags. Um, that I was in a league a couple times that were uh, where you went the whole week since they did week seventeen, and I remember it definitely fucked me in one league. So. Well, let's move on. We're going to be going off of the schedule that's on NFL.com, schedule, week 17, and um, there are no Thursday night games. If there were, we still wouldn't be doing them because we are actually recording at 7 o'clock, 15, 20 minutes before that game would be starting. Um, So no Thursday night game, uh, no Monday night game, and amazingly enough, no Sunday night game. The NFL chose not to pick up and flex a game and slot it into uh, the Sunday night realm, um, which is pretty weird. I don't know I like how it. they're able. I mean, it, it is the night you're going to be out drinking with your friends. Are you really going to be wanting to pay attention to that? Plus, Not really, but. What's the college football playoff? Are they encroaching on anything there? Yeah, but what, what does it mean? But I, I'm with you. I wouldn't have been watching football, but for NBC – Aren't they like, hey, guys, we've spent billions on this. Um, we kind of need this game for some revenue. Um, it seems like just at an NBC level, they'd be like, fuck that. I don't know what's going on with NBC. Maybe they 
allowed it to pass. Nice. I can tell you and I are both already on vacation, and we're just going to be very transparent on the show. We've already said um, with about five minutes into the show, fuck more times than we usually do on a three-hour show. Um, so I guess it's going to be that kind of night, which I'm all for. You know, let's uh, let's close out. Let's close out uh, 2017 speaking to each other about fantasy football like we're uh, pirates. Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Carolina Panthers and Atlanta Falcons first game. Uh, this is one with you know, some big, big, basically, playoff implications. Right now, uh, you've got the, what, 10-5 and 5, um Carolina Panthers versus the Atlanta Falcons, who are sitting at nine and six. You eliminated the Dallas Cowboys last week, but um, they've got a chance. You know the Seahawks are right there with them. So if the Falcons were to lose, they're going to be in a real, real tough spot. Um, if not, you could have three teams from the NFC South battling it out, and whichever team might make it out of that division might be the best in the NFC. Um, so, so it's a lot of different factors, but you got to think that these teams will both be laying it all on the line here. Um, and, and it means good thing for their fantasy players. You look at a guy like Cam Newton, he should be in your lineups. Uh, you know, Devin Funchess, should he be healthy and not held out, should be in your lineups. Um, and the other guys game up, did they move this game? I'm looking at the schedule on NFL and. That's a four twenty-five game, huh? I, I'm gonna have to reload the schedule. So reload week seventeen. All good. Not trying to interrupt you. I just want to make sure that we're on the same page for this one. Um, yeah, I've got. I the first game is uh, Redskins at Giants. Hmm. No worries. Keep going. Um, yeah, that actually is a good good call. These guys actually have to. Uh, they got to play. Uh, both teams or the Falcons already out. I got to pull up uh, the playoff. No, they're playing each other, right? No. Yeah, they are. But I'm just saying that the Falcons, the Falcons are still, uh, they still got high hopes that they can make it in. Yeah. Okay. I see that switch now. So let's go to the Redskins Giants. Um, cool. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll go back not, to that Panthers. Game. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of the best games of the weekend. Not much happening here. Uh, you look at a guy like Samaj P. Ryan, should be in your lineups for that, you know, floor he's been getting with all the carries. Uh, Kirk Cousins, you know, still trying to put, you know, that stamp on his season, get to like eight and eight when nearly his whole offense has had turnover all year, whether it be it through injuries at wide receiver, inconsistencies there, you know, tight end, Jordan Reed pretty much missing a hand uh, pretty much every game of the season. And then running back, you know, their leading rusher doesn't even have 600 rushing yards yet in Samaj P. Ryan. Um, so it, it's complicated for Kurt. It's been a tough season for him, but he's kept it together, put up fantasy numbers. So that guy should be in your lineup. Josh Dotson. Uh, he played 100% of snaps last week, was targeted 13 times, but caught just two. Um, he's had a tough, tough slate of games. But now that he's through that, you know, Dotson looks like a good play here uh, against the Giants and potentially in DFS. Um, otherwise, uh, you know, Vernon Davis, always you can always play tight ends against the Giants. But last time we said that, Vernon Davis put up that nice little goose egg for you uh, against <laughs> right. this, this Giants. So, you know, that, that's a gamble in its own self. Uh, Thank God we weren't the only people saying that on Vernon. He was 
he was top of the list on a lot of people's and everyone's like, oh, wow, I got a number one overall tight end in Vernon off the waiver wire. And he just really, he hurt a lot of people right at the end of the season. A poop you, sandwich. A poop, poop sandwich. sandwich. Yeah. Poop sandwich for sure. Um, um, Jameson Crowder's also been picking up his play of late, you know, with a couple touchdowns in the last couple weeks and then being in that five or six catch uh, range on a weekly basis. So in PPR league, he's got a lot of viability. Um, so I think you can pretty much start all these Texans or all these Redskins uh, and, you know, feel pretty good about it. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. What are your thoughts? So Doxson finally kind of got the, you know, he's a first rounder last year, sat out the entire year, uh, slowly started this year. And on um, a couple games even. Yeah. Sat out. Yeah, exactly. He's been out as well. Um, obviously we know that they were depleted with Reed and, um, obvious what's his name. Just who would have ever thought, uh, Terrell Pryor would have been this garbage. Um, but give me, go run with something here for a quick minute on your thoughts long-term with Doxon. I got nothing unless I don't know if Kirk Cousins is coming back or not. Cause if we're seeing a Colt McCoy led team, then, you know, things aren't looking as good. Yeah. Right. Uh, you think he's got a? You th- you, so you're you're just not you just don't know until we see who's throwing the ball. Oh um, yeah, all right. I mean, Dawkins Dotson's been ups and downs, you know, with Kirk Cousins at the helm. If he's going to be without this guy and he's going to be, you know, with a backup quarterback or a young guy, it's going to take even longer for this to develop. So uh, this is something you got to pay attention to big time. But this is a guy with upside. He showed some. He showed some big playability. Um, but also you look at the raw numbers and they're not going to be that impressive on the year. So, so that's one thing you got going. If you're trying to go out and buy him, um, I just wouldn't go buy him in a dynasty league. If, uh, cousins isn't coming back right away. Cool. I'm going to quickly let my dog in from the balcony. Yes. My dog has been sitting out in the balcony for the last half an hour in five degree weather. She loves this shit. So, uh, keep rolling on to the next one. I'll be back in half a second. All right. I'm going to move on to the giants. Uh, with the Giants, you know, you got Eli Manning, uh, great, uh, the coaching staff in turmoil. They finally did uh, get their GM situation sort of settled, hiring David Gettleman, uh, who was previously with the Carolina Panthers. Uh, so now they, this is a guy, though, that was with the organization who knows a lot of the pieces. So you wonder how they're going to move forward and if anything's truly going to be different. Um, but with how they're playing at two and thirteen, Eli, you know, having that blow up game and then having nothing happening, you know, I don't think you could play him. Um, at they, wide said, they said he's taking every snap in the game. That's crazy. <laughs> okay, I mean, it, you already fucked up the man's starting streak as an organization. Uh, you know, throw Webb out there. Like, there, there's no point for him to take every single snap. Um, crazy. I agree, but. Wayne Gallman is a guy who they've been getting a lot more looks to, and that guy's looked the best running back on that team over the last couple of weeks. Sure. Plus, he's the guy who who can sort of do it all. We've seen five or six receptions each of the last couple of weeks. We've seen the snap share rise. Uh, the only thing we haven't really seen is that touchdown. Uh, so that's sort of giving him a, a lower ceiling, but but the floor has been there in terms of touches. So if you're looking for a deep flex play, I think Gallman's in there. 
I think Shepard's in the range of a uh, you know wide receiver three flex. Uh, and then the rest of the plays, we're going to have to see if Evan Ingram is even active and healthy. But, you know, with bruised ribs, are they really going to push a guy like that who they think could be a big part of their future um, in, in a meaningless game for them? Yeah. The one thing you like about this a little bit from the Giants' perspective with essentially the, the, the three players you mentioned, essentially Gallman, Eli, and uh, um, Shepard, is the fact that they just announced this afternoon – um, and maybe you mentioned this if you did while well, I was letting Daisy in, sorry, but they just announced uh, Dave Gettleman uh, as their new GM, the guy that just got canned uh, before the season started by the um, Panthers. So yep. they just he's their GM. So the one thing you do like about the Giants players is the old adage of like, hey, we got a new sheriff in town. You're going to get hustle out of them uh, unless they don't want to be there. Um, and I think that they're going to be playing because now the new guy is in town and they've got one game to see him and then a whole lot of action and a lot of changing places and a lot of firings and hirings on, on personnel are going to start happening. So they're going to put their game out uh, if they want to stay in New York uh, and try and show the new guy that they're uh, they're on board. Yep. Gentleman is an Eli guy, though, from what I hear. So that that's the part that's scary. Uh, but they are <laughs> going to have – you know, a high, high pick in the draft. That's something we're going to have to revisit. Uh, but I'd have to bet that Evan Ingram, you know, the future franchise tight end is going to be held out. Uh, and the rest of the guys, you know, it's going to be fucking a cold one. Uh, I, I don't really want to play anybody. Shepard, you know, Goldman, sort of flex range plays. That's all I got. Cool. Let's move on to... The Jet Skis at the Patriots. Start with the uh, visiting team, Jets, Jets, Jets. This just seems like, you know, Christian Hackenberg can't even see a snap after being a second-round pick that they're sticking with Bryce Petty. So you got to imagine how bad that guy has to be. Uh, you know, there's this game means nothing for them at this point. All you're trying to do is see long-term if you have anything, and you still can't throw that guy out there on the field. He must be fucking awful. Um, (laughs) But the rest of the plays because of Bryce Petty are pretty much done. Um, They did roll a lot with Bilal Powell last week. He had a pretty big game. I think that's something that, you know, could continue here against the Patriots. You could start him as a running back, too. But Robbie Anderson, although he's getting targets, uh, it's just not the same with, with Bryce Petty, at quarterback. This is a guy who doesn't like to push the ball down the field, and he really is a conservative passer, unlike Josh McCown. So I'm not going to do anything with with that. Uh, so the passing game is pretty much out for me, and that includes ASJ, who you know, after his two- or three-game stretch has really slowed down. Yeah, and he, he actually didn't practice today. So you don't doesn't mean that he's not going to play, but um, he's got some hurt ribs. So that's two practices in a row. Um, doesn't matter, like you said, with when you've got uh, Petty. Petty is it's a it's a relevant name when it comes to fantasy football prowess. Yeah, um, so let's flip it over to the other side. The Patriots, who have you know a, sort of a lot to play for right now, pretty much in a dead heat with the Steelers, but the Steelers are going to rest. Uh, Big Ben and Le'Veon Bell. Um, so that, you know, gives the Patriots an inside track to maybe get up a little bit and then sit. So 
the thing is, Tom Brady, we've seen those touchdown numbers really fall over the last couple of weeks. The run game has started to just punch it in whenever they get in the red zone. Uh, Mike Gillisley being back in action uh, last week did just that. Um, Deion Lewis you know, looked like a lead back with 29 uh, touches last week. So those guys, the run game working, uh, it gives you a little bit of scare about Brady, um, especially when you look at his fantasy point totals over the last three weeks. But, you know, I don't know how many better options are there when, you know, half the league's quarterbacks are already backups and then the half that were sort of good are all going to be sitting on the bench because they were so good. Yeah. Well, Gillis Lee is actually a saddest second practice in a row out. So right when he came back and actually scored a TD against his old team, uh, he's, um, he's, a, he's an injury concern. And uh, you, you already had, you know, Burkhead's out with a knee injury, uh, James White banged up. So Dion Lewis um, and DFS and things of that nature um, is looking like a strong, strong, strong play. He, like you said, he had 29 uh, looks last week. And um, that's, it's, what is it, Brandon Bolden going to come out of nowhere and get get opportunities? Um, I think <laughs> Dion Lewis, yeah, Dion Lewis is going to get a lot of, uh, get a lot of run. Um, yeah, but if he's their best back, is that a guy you can really, you know, risk losing at this point in the season? Yeah, that's uh, a good point. All the other injuries, you don't want to get him too banged up either. So if they get a 14 point lead here, you're going to see carries from guys you have never fucking heard of. <laughs> uh, and that's part of the problem. But I do think before that happens, Deion Lewis is going to be a big part of this offense. Um, so I think you could start him as a running back too, pretty safely. Uh, you know, Gronk, he needs, you know, some big things to happen, um, in order to hit some pretty big incentives. Uh, it's, it's definitely plausible. Um, you know, he needs 12 catches and like 112 yards to hit, um, 80, 80 catches, 80 plus catches and 1200 yards, which is where his incentives are at. So that'll be an interesting thing to watch, but I don't think a guy like him you're throwing out there for very much of the game. But while the game's still contested, you are. The same thing with Cooks. Uh, My bet is they're probably going to sit Hogan again. This could just be a giant sham, though. And the Patriots are going to say, fuck it. You know, fuck it. The reason why... The reason why I don't... I think that that's not going to happen is because that year that Manning won... The Super Bowl, what three years ago, the Broncos? Um, they lost on they lost that game in the champ AFC Championship because it was at Denver and they fucked it up the last week of the season, uh, week seventeen. They all they had to do was win, and it was going to be home field at, at Fox, um, um, whatever at, at their home stadium. Uh, and they fucked it up, and they almost won. They remember they scored that touchdown, but didn't get the two point conversion, and they ended up losing the game. Um, and that was the reason. That was the difference. If they had won. I, if they had won that year, I think that they would have won four out of the last five championships. Uh, they literally were going to school. I forget who they played in that one. Is that Arizona? Yeah, maybe that was Arizona or something. Uh, who, who did the Who did the Broncos smoke in that one? It was like. Such a blob, but it would have been the Patriots. So I think the Patriots are playing their guys. They're like, I hear you. If they get up early and they'll start sitting them, 
But I think Belichick's going into that one, remembering that Broncos where they lost home field advantage in that week 17, and he's like, fuck it. We're, we've got enough talent around here. We are securing this home field throughout the playoffs. All right. Uh, let's move on to the next game. Okay. Uh, Bears at the Vikings. <sighs> so we'll start with the Bears. Um, this will be the last game that John Fox ever coaches for us. And um, everyone that's a Bears fan out there near and far, pray your bells off that we go and we make the right decision on who's going to coach this team next. Uh, Just pray. Please pray for us. I don't want to be in the same situation in three years ago, which we probably will be. Uh, But let's see where let's, let's start with the players. What do you got? Troops? uh, Who else is uh, who else is a good, good play in this against arguably the best defense in the league? Jordan Howard and then no one like no matter when it's been Jordan Howard has been pretty consistent even last week uh, against Cleveland in the snow he, he didn't really have a big rushing game I think he rushed what 44 times for, on 22 carries uh, he gained 44 rush yards on 22 carries but did score two touchdowns uh, he's one of the top rushing backs in the league right now uh, he, he's got more touchdowns than he had last season so I, I think Howard's a big part of this game plan, even though Minnesota's tough. But this is probably a game where Minnesota is going to try and ease off the pedal a little bit as well. Um, they do have a chance uh, of falling out of the number two seed, but it would take a lot, a lot of things to happen uh, for that to happen, for them to get jumped by Carolina. Um but it, it's the Bears, and I think the Vikings have their number right now, so I don't really want uh, too much to do with this uh, outside of Jordan Howard. I mean, have you turned the, have you turned the corner a little bit on him? I know that you were down on him for obvious reasons. The team stinks. Uh, but for ne- going into next year, and I think I'm going to ask questions like this a little bit, like, hey, we've got a whole offseason to talk about this stuff. We've got, um, you know, We've got it. I'll, I'll I'll do a promo for it in a little bit. But do you do you like moving forward, um, Howard, a little bit more than say you did, you know, six months ago? No, I like him still as RB ten in the league. Uh, that's all I was ever trying to say is he's not one of these transcendent talents to where he's a top five back. So you know, I had him right around the tenth running back, and his numbers regressed in the way I said they would, and that's it. Basically, he's a volume runner who's not a good pass catcher, and he's in a bad offense. So all, all you know, if you lose some rushing volume, he could have volatile numbers. Uh, and he did score a couple more touchdowns than I probably thought he would in this offense. But right now, you know, he's maybe the eighth to tenth best fantasy running back going forward, uh, and he's young enough. And this line should. It looks like it's going to be staying together for at least a couple of years. Cool. Um, I am logging. I don't know why it does that all the time. FF today. That site's really turned into garbage. It, it's uh, it's it, it always logs me out now. Used to look, keep me logged in for years. Uh, cool. Let's go over. No one else in the Bears. Screw it. Don't do it. Um, let's go over to the Vikings, and I'm going to let you run with it for a second here. Yeah, Vikings, uh, I think both Thielen and Diggs are in play. Um, Case Keenum, he's definitely in play because of that. Uh, 
One thing that's interesting, though, is Sam Bradford is practicing, uh, like, on the sidelines for the Vikings. I wonder if, you know, during the playoffs, if something were to happen, would his number get called over Keenum's, or would he maybe play the backup role uh, coming back off IR? Um, but, you know, those guys are both in play, and I think Jarek McKinnon and Latavius Murray are both in K, uh, in play, and, you know, this is one of those teams that still has enough to play for that you should be getting all these guys in your lineup, Kyle Rudolph included. Can I do a Bill Verde? Oh, it's not quite as easy to do Val Verdes and all that fun stuff that we do when we're together, when we're apart. Uh, I will do a quick pyro promo here. Um, we've talked about it a bit on a couple previous shows, but episode 300 is happening a week from this Saturday. We will be doing um, a wildcard playoff show um, next week. I think we'll, I hope we do it uh, Tuesday or Wednesday just to give us a little bit of breathing room on it. But um, on that Saturday, we'll be doing episode 300. Yes, you heard that right. We have done 300 episodes of the Pyro podcast. When you do the math, that usually these things are about two and a half to three hours long. That is a lot of hours of Pyro podcasting. For those of you that have listened to these shows with us, and been there with us uh, for the long haul or the short haul. We appreciate it. Uh, this show is going to be awesome. We are, we've got Waz is going to be in on the show for a bit. It's kind of, it's basically going to be about a, our two, episode 200 is five and a half hours. This one, I'm, I'm not going to let go shorter than seven hours. Um, st- I bet you I'll probably be alone at the end of that one, but yep. uh, maybe Houdini will stick around. Stag party is just going to Houdini himself at one point. Yep. The door is just going to close, and I'll be like, okay, see you later, Staggy. You did good. Um, <laughs> but it's going to be great. we got Dogmatica, who's a confirmed guest on it. I was texting with him yesterday. He doesn't know when he's going to pop in. He doesn't know how long he's going to stay. Vintage Dogmatica. But he said, I will for sure be on the show. And uh, so we're super excited to catch up with him, talk some fantasy. we got Wheeler. Uh, you can follow him on, on Twitter at uh, NFL Wheeler. He's a guy who helps us out a lot with our uh, news feeds. He's going to pop in on the show, which is going to be great. We got PK Ripper popping in on the show, um, which should be fun. I love that guy as much as I love anyone uh, out there. He is just so funny and knows his fantasy as well. Uh, Mo is figuring out if he can be a part of it, but he wants to be. So I think we'll get a little bit of Mo action in the mix. And then obviously we got me, Houdini, and uh, and Stag Party going. It's going to be basically there's not we're not going to talk about any games because we're going to handle that on that Thursday or, or, or next week's show and. Uh, we're going to kind of do a year end, a lot of backstories, just having fun, drinking our faces off. And I've been uh, kind of outlining the show over the past few weeks and it's really coming together. So um, should be good. I, I need to outline it. And just so you know, it's because by about hour three, I'm going to be so blasted that if I don't have an agenda to go back to, it's just going to be a lot of rambling. Ah, who are we kidding? It's going to be a lot of rambling anyways. So check that out. Get fired up for it. Um, it's going to be a diggity diggity doozy. Are we done with the Vikings? Or you got anything else you want to say about them? Yep, that's about it. Packers at the Lions. Two teams, you know, both with no chance um, to really have anything happen for them. Um, 
Lions eliminated themselves last week. We saw Green Bay put up one of the stinkers of all stinkers uh, on what Thursday night was that? Uh, Just awful. Um, But you look at it, uh, Brett Hundley, you know, it's not a lot of confidence in him right now. Uh, He's seemed to struggle with pressure, but luckily the Detroit Lions aren't getting a lot of it. So maybe it's a little bit better for him, but. You know, Devontae Adams remaining in the concussion protocol. You know, Aaron Jones looks to be out of this one. So maybe maybe this is a game where it's Jamal Williams uh, establishes himself like he had been, you know, like during weeks 13, 14 when he was really on a roll. Uh, but other than that, Jamal Williams, I don't want to play Jordy Nelson. I don't want to play Randall Cobb. Um, but we should get a look at, you know, deep dynasty stash type guy of Michael Clark who's a six foot six, 215 to 220 pound former basketball player who they're using on the outside and who they think is going to be a major weapon for them. Um, he looked like it. I that's thought he, looked like, like, he, 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 he had every, if he hadn't, he, he went Tyrannosaurus Rex arms on that little flag pattern. Uh, it was a good pass by Hunley. And it was just like, he turned around. Like if he had caught that, it could have been a whole different ball game, but he's just kind of like, you could tell he just didn't have enough real game time to make a play like that. But, dude, I mean, his size, his, his, his body, he looks like he looks like he could be something special. When you get Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball, I mean, God, I, I, I sleeper alert on that guy for sure. Well, it, it's all going to depend on what happens with the wide receiver position in Green Bay. There's a lot of different things that could happen there. Um, you know, Jordy Nelson's got a pretty big contract number that'll become guaranteed after the season. You know, Randall Cobb as well has most of his guaranteed money paid out now to where they can cut him with only a little bit of money, dead money left. Devontae Adams is an unrestricted free agent, but he really seemed to be the guy, you know, that might be their best receiver in the future. So it's hard to let that a guy like that walk out of town. So they're going to need to do so some shuffling. Don't you think this other guy could be more of a, a split-out um, receiving style, which is basically what Jared Cook was himself, um, the, and, and just kind of be a tight, a glorified receiving tight end that could play it that so. way? No? Okay. Um, you, one question I got, Devontae Adams, you know, there's a little bit of buzz. Can the Bears sign Allen Robinson? Can the Bears sign Devontae Adams? Uh, any possible – who's the other – who's the third big uh, – Jarvis Landry, probably. Yeah, Jarvis Landry. Uh, I know you don't want him to be here, but uh, would you? Would Devonte Adams sign and make some cash with us? And would you be fired up with that teaming him up with Mitch? I mean, I'd be pretty pumped compared to what you got in town right now. But uh, I don't know if he's the perfect fit. Uh, but he provides something, you know, an ability to get open and run crisp routes. That's going to be good for a young quarterback. Yeah. Where do you think he'll resign and stay with, stay with Rogers? Oh yeah. It's like, Oh, you're going to pay me and I get to play with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. I'll stay here. That's cool. <laughs> All right. Um, Cool. Pack show. Let's go over to the Lions. The buzz that I read uh, on in the Twitter sphere yesterday was that they're going to make a heavy push for Mr. John uh, Chucky Gruden 
Um, is there any shot that something like that can uh, transform and, and, and happen or not a chance? I mean, I don't know. The Lions might be one of those teams that are intriguing because you got a, a semi-young Matthew Stafford, you know, in the prime of his career. What's he, 31 or so now? Uh, you got some weapons at wide receiver. Uh, you got an offensive line you think's pretty good. The question will be, can you build the defense? And, you know, Gruden's done some of that in his career, but also, you know, he's known as a offensive coach. But it's something that I wouldn't write off just because there, there seems like there could be, you know, half the league with coaching vacancies. Somebody's going to have to fill all these spots, uh, and they're not all just going to be retread coaches, one would hope. Is that really the number that they're saying is it's half the league? Uh, they're saying like up to 14 potential. <laughs> oh my God. You want to know a great story? This is not NFL, but uh, you know, screw it. I'm not, I don't care about any of these games to be honest. Um, awesome story that I tweeted out a, a few hours ago, um, about the, uh, Oklahoma state offensive coordinator, uh, and how Mike Gundy, the head coach, uh, tracked this guy down. Um, just like you said, the retread and just like what the bears did by hiring, um, you know, Fox and just doing the same old shit that you, you know, the result before it even happens, but an amazing article that I implore everyone to read. Just one of those good stories about how, uh, Mike Gundy, the head coach of Oklahoma state, basically his offensive coordinators would lead, they would dominate and they would get a head coaching job. So basically Gundy's got these guys for like a year. I think the max was one of his dudes stuck around for like two and a half years over the last 10 years. So it's like every year it's just like, oh, he's got to find a new guy. So after this happened, I think four or five of these guys, he's like, fuck this. I'm finding an under-the-radar guy that's going to be loyal to me. And the story is incredible. He finds this D2 guy named Mike Yurkakich. Um, might have botched his name. But he found this fucking guy at uh, – what's the name of this school? It's at a school I've never even heard of. Uh, Shipshwana? No, I'm going to botch it. But uh, there, where, where is the school? Uh, Shippensburg University. You ever heard of Shippensburg? Yeah. You have? Okay. Um, basically, D, D2 program, and this guy basically had been putting up these insane numbers, like 46 points per game, 530 yards per game over the course of like – the three years that he had been there. So he Hunley went and found all these, or Gundy, excuse me, went and found this, this under the radar guy. It's like, you know what? This guy's going to be loyal to me. This guy, I'm going to go take a different route. And I just loved that approach. And I think that whenever you do that, if you've got the guts, guts, and you've got the, the wherewithal that just kind of weather all the bad press you're going to get and people complaining about it. I wish NFL teams would do it more often. You know, and just find that guy that's like an under the radar guy, and I hope some NFL teams do it because uh, it, it just makes for great stories. And I think some of the best coaches um, in the NFL uh, have have been found that way. Guys like Madden, you know, Gruden was uh, was on um, was on the, the staff of uh, of Holm, Holmgren, uh, you know, quarterbacks coach and whatnot. But um, I just go find a young guy, get a guy that's doing special things. Don't worry. about don't worry about if there's today if there's today's but that flavor of the month, you know. But that article's awesome. I, Stags, you got to read it if you haven't already. And anybody listening, check it out. That's just a great story. And I think they're actually playing right now. 
and they're beating Virginia Tech 27 to 21 uh, at the end, nearing the, the end of the fourth. So they might pick up a, a nice little bowl victory here. Nice. Uh, flipping, like looking at the plays on the Lions side, uh, you know, they don't really have reason to play anybody, but Marvin Jones, you know, definitely a potential play, Golden Tate. You know Matthew Stafford, um, all all in play. Eric Ebron looks like one of the top tight ends right now, um, and and against the Packers should be able to do some nice things. Uh, at running back, I think it's a big big mishmash of players, but I'd let Theo Riddick that go there, and then uh, Tian Green behind him, and Amir Abdullah behind him. Uh, so Amir Abdullah is done right now. They're going to need to find something else. They're done with that. Let's uh, hit the next game here. Do it up. Um, all right, Texans at the Colts. Best catch of the year by DeAndre Hopkins, who finished the season as the number one wide receiver in fantasy football uh, due to Brown being out. Uh, anything that you're – I mean, is, is anything happening in this game that you're, you're – you're, they're, I mean, they're not playing anybody, are they? I mean, no. Uh, the Texans got nothing to play for DeAndre Hopkins – uh, you know, has his own calf injury, going to miss the first game of his career, had played in 79 straight games. Um, so w- without him in there, you're looking at maybe a lot of Lamar Miller um, is a guy who they might just ride out, but maybe they give a lot of touches to Alfred Blue like they did last week. And he, what did he become their first player with 100 yards rushing uh, in, in the last two, two or three seasons? So, you know, that, that's too tough to play. So there's no clear cut and dry play. Your best sort of dart throw here would maybe be like a Will Fuller. Just hope he gets DeAndre Hopkins like targets. There you go. Let's go on to the Colts side. I'm not going to say anything. Probably very similar here. Every week you think uh, maybe Mac might start to see a little more play. He doesn't get it. And, He's seeing less and less play right now. Less and less play. Chuck Strong has already said this is the last rodeo. He knows he's gone. Chucky's out. Frank Gore might be riding off into the sunset a little bit here, but also might be trying to, you know, audition for teams where we can still do some nice things. He's, I I think, like 139 yards away from another 1,000-yard season. It's going to be tough for him to get that without 30 or so carries. Um, But... You know, at this point, what else do you have to play for? Uh, T.Y. Hilton is a guy who owns the Texans in his career, so he's a nice dart throw option. Other than that, you know, Jack Doyle's going to catch his little dump-off passes. Um, but the Texans are tough against the run, so Frank Gore getting that 1,000-yard number doesn't seem likely, but he's a safe flex play just because of the volume in the receiving game and that potential for a touchdown that he's gotten over the last couple of weeks. I was surprised. Um, you know, I posted that top positional weeks um, through week 16 uh, that you do. Posted that to the site today. Listeners, check it out. Awesome stuff. And it means more than ever now. You know, the next week will be the best one because it'll give you the, the scope and the view for the whole season. But I was surprised Jack Doyle only had three um, top, uh, top 12 finishes. Uh, obviously, he missed one game. It'd be um, much different in PPR scoring. Yeah. Okay. Is that it? 
Yeah, he did. He's lit. Okay, that that's it. You're right. So this is standard because actually he puts up great numbers on a weekly basis, but it's PPR. Okay, good. Because I was looking, I was like, really? He's only got. I'm like Ben Watson's been doing better than him on top positional weeks. Who's got four? Okay, that's the answer. Thank you. Jack Doyle's overall tight end with 76 catches though on the season. That is second to just Travis Kelsey. Wow, awesome. Uh, cool. Let's go on to – we're done with them. Let's go to the Browns at the Steelers. So the I Browns? Saw the, I saw the Browns just quickly. I saw the, your uh, your all-bust team. I saw my keeper in my big money league, Mr. Isaiah Crowell, made it at the running back position. Lucky me and lucky him. I mean – I always felt weird about that, and it was just like, I don't know who else to put here whenever you were trying to figure out where to put uh, Isaiah Crowell. But the the number of touches were there, but we saw his efficiency fall, which short of, should have been expected, and we saw you know the touchdowns sort of disappear. Um, and then it, it's been a tough road, but, you know, the coaching staff turmoil, front office turmoil, players infighting, you know, Isaiah Crowell impending free agencies probably going somewhere else, especially with the way his head coach talks about his 59-yard run and his ability to get it done. So that, that looks like one of these situations that's going to end here real soon. Um, but Duke Johnson, Duke Johnson, surprisingly, is a guy who finished – uh, 12 overall among running backs in PPR scoring. Um, but I, I don't know what his upside is in terms of getting more uh, and more work. Um, but if the Browns are going to find a way to win a game, it's probably going to happen here in week 17 with the Steelers, you know, relying on probably Josh Dobbs and what? I don't even know if James Conner's healthy right now. So maybe Steven Ridley at running back? Hmm. Didn't, didn't they just sign him this week? Yeah, or the last <laughs> week. Um, so, it looks good over there. Looks like a great time. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, if the Browns are going to win one, you know, they're healthy and fighting to not win, uh, fighting to finish with the 1-15 record so Hugh can go jump in fucking Lake Erie. Um, but – you know, the development of young players really hasn't been there in this offense as of late. Uh, you know, Josh Gordon continues to be ranked highly by everybody, but his uh, numbers over the last couple weeks, you know, have been majorly, majorly disappointing, um, mostly due to the accuracy of Deshaun Kaiser. Um, Corey Coleman's, you know, like less than half of his targets have been able to be caught over the last couple weeks. So it's just tough, tough times for these receivers trying to get it done from an inaccurate quarterback like Kaiser. Yep. All right. We already I mean, do a quick overview of the Steelers. Yeah, we've already – I feel like we've talked about them enough. You know, the, the, the powerhouses, they've already said they're, they're, they're not playing these guys. Uh, anyone I, that you I think, think a guy like Martavis, though, yep. they try to get him like 100% of snaps. Yep. Uh, just to see, you know, because I think he's one of those weapons they might need in the playoffs. For sure. Uh, and he really hasn't gotten it 
going, you know, it looked like he had it going early in that game. They hit him with the long one, and then it was just like, oh, yeah, Martavis doesn't exist anymore. He he seems a little bit aloof, and it sucks that I say that because you're out of the league, and, you know, obviously I've uh, he was probably one of the main reasons why I sucked in fantasy this year. I just locked in on him and went went for him real early. Um but he he just seems aloof when he's out there. It even like catches that you know obviously Brown's the best, but that that seem easy. He makes them look kind of hard, um, and maybe he's just a little rusty. But um, that fluidity and that uh, that just unbel- the alien just unbelievable kind of body control. It, it, it's still there somewhere in there, but it just I, I think. It looked a lot different this year. He just seemed like plays that should have been made, he wasn't making. And it was on him and Ben, not really Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Anyone else you want to mention? A tight end or anything? McDonald's, but uh, I don't know how this quarterback's going to perform in order to get these guys the ball. But if you want to play a team, you might as well play a team with the scheme like the Cleveland Browns that allows easy completions. So maybe Vance McDonald uh, gets a little bit more involved uh, and, because he's a guy who they might look to going towards the uh, playoff time. Nice. Uh, all right. This is the last early game. Poor Houdini sick with a hundred degree temperature, but uh, for the first time in history, there are nine late games. <laughs> um, so this is the last of the early Cowboys at the Eagles. Yeah, uh, Cowboys, you know, we saw sort of a big letdown. No Tyrone uh, Smith at tackle, so people are really questioning uh, if Dak Prescott's a good quarterback again. And it, it's like, uh, let's let's calm it the fuck down here, guys. This guy has, what, 33 touchdown passes and 11 interceptions, or 44 touchdown passes and 17 interceptions over the last, you know, season, two seasons. This guy's pretty damn good. He does need people around him. He does struggle with pressure. So when they can give him time and allow him to, uh, you know, operate, that's when good things will happen. But you got Ezekiel Elliott back now. You don't really have any shot for uh, anything good to happen, but you are playing a division rival. So there is going to be some Zeke Elliott early. Uh, you know, they are expected to play some Cooper Rush at quarterback. Uh, Des Bryant had apparently been playing with an undisclosed injury, needs to have a talk with Jerry Jones about the scheme and how they're using him with them in the offseason. That's sort of some scary thoughts in its own right. But there's not much uh, certainty here with the Cowboys. Um, so if I'm looking at plays, maybe it's like Ezekiel Elliott of flex, Rod Smith of flex. And then, you know, fade all the other wide receivers uh, like Dez and Terrence Williams. Maybe go for a guy like Bryce Butler, who they still want to see more and more from. But overall, there's not much certainty in this game, and that's it's going to scare me off. Yep. I agree, man. I agree. It's it's weird. It's funny how just these these cowboy fans they're crazy, man. They just they they already want Romo back. They want um, the coach fired. Uh, they're ready to, you know, bring, bring, it's, it, it, it's so, 
so quick uh, how how they've turned on on this team. Um, but I think it's good that they, they got the Ezekiel Elliott uh, thing behind them. Hopefully, he doesn't go uh, doing it, beating up any more girls, and uh, he keeps his head on his shoulder. And um, you know, this team obviously, undeniably needs him. He is the He's the guy that uh, makes that whole thing go, as well as, like you said, uh, the offensive line and some of the players there that, that have been banged up. So, um, Eagles, do you think uh, after kind of a dudded-out game that a lot of people rode with, um, do you think uh, Foles can come back and, and, and do some good this week? Uh I think it's going to be another underwhelming game where they try and run the ball and, you know, not get much done. And this might be a game where uh, Nick Foles is only playing a half or uh, maybe they do try and lock up a number one overall seed. But uh, it's going to take some store, uh, scoreboard watching on their parts. Uh, but, you know, Foles is the ultimate you know, high, low guy. Um, so there, there's questions there uh, going forward. You know, I do think this is a team that's at least going to get him, let him play a half against He He hasn't had a ton of snaps, you know, this season. Um, he didn't look on page with any of his receivers last week. And that includes Alshon Jeffrey. Ertz was, you know, the guy he showed the most faith in, but Overall, this is another one of those games where it's like I, I don't feel confident enough in either side playing uh, the whole game. Yeah, I think the only thing with Foles, are, and then we'll just go on to the other guys, but it seems like if they really have high hopes for these playoffs without Wentz, they've got to make – they've got to do some good with Foles, and they've got to show the team – they got to show the stat. They got to show every, each other that they can go into the playoffs um, with this guy and really make a go of it. So that's the one thing I like about it. It's like, hey, I, again, maybe it's only a half, but I think they're going to give him an opportunity to show what he can do. And, you know, the Cowboys aren't the best defense. There's uh, the quarterbacks have had their way uh, with them. Um, over the second half of the season, with especially with the you know throwing TDs on them. Yeah, uh, with the only thing is like with Sean Lee back, they're sort of a different defense and they're tough. And, yeah, you know they play that style of football that just you know that Rod Marinari style where it's like Ben 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 don't break Ben 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 don't break. That's usually not great things for fantasy success. Um, but I, I do think they do need to establish Nick Foles, you know, heading into the playoffs, uh, especially with a bye week, uh, uh, upcoming. Yep. All right. Anything else you want to talk about any of those other players? Jai, Jeffrey, Ertz. I don't, I don't feel like any of those guys are locked into playing the whole game. And that gives me, you know, some reservations about all of them, but. I just downgrade what I usually would on all of them. So Alshon's like a wide receiver three flex. Uh, you know, Ertz is probably still a starting tight end. 
Uh, Ajayi may be a guy they want to get some more work to, but they haven't shown uh, a willingness to give him 15 or so touches. So overall, all the skill position players become flexes. Got it. Love it. All right, let's go to the afternoon games. The newfound glory 49ers at the powerhouse, newfound powerhouse Rams. Uh, Let's start with the 49ers. Uh, Obviously, Jimmy G is the story uh, of the last month uh, since they started. uh, Since he started his first game, what, December 3rd of this week? They've lost, what, like eight or nine draft slots? Yeah, and <laughs> in, uh, in the in the upcoming draft, and they couldn't be happier about that. So the guy looks on fire. Uh, looks like a little bit of uh, has the makings. I think he's going to be a good quarterback, but uh, right now, just it's it's a little it's a there's a little too much folklore about what he's going to be able to achieve over the coming years. Uh, in my opinion, uh, I love oh, yeah. it. I'm a Niners fan, but uh, he, he could be fool's gold a little. He's going to be going super high next year in drafts. Yeah, I mean uh, not super, not like first couple rounds, but he's gonna be going like he's gonna be everybody's popular sleeper pick at quarterback next year. That's it. Like he's gonna be the guy who everybody's gonna pump up as a top ten option. Yeah, that's like it. <laughs> it happened with it worked out with Wentz. It didn't work out with Carr. Didn't work out. Um, so we'll see where it works out with him. But um, it's it's exciting to be a 49er fan and to see like wow. Just shows you how unbelievably important this position is, and yeah, like you yeah. said, half over half the league is second stringers uh, quarterbacks, including the 49ers that started the season with a second stringer or maybe even a third stringer in Hoyer, and then in the middle of the season they had a a rookie that no one thought would ever even have almost gotten drafted where he did running the show. At least he showed some fight. But now it's a different deal. So well, you talk a little bit. I'll let you run for a minute here on the 49ers uh, and the Rams. I mean, the 49ers, it looks like you could start them all. Like, uh, you know, Goodwin, you could start. Kittle, you know, looked involved last week. Uh, but it could be a Kittle or um, or a Garrett Selleck getting involved. And they seem to switch off and rotate weeks. But but other than that, like they don't have any consistency at the you know wide receiver position behind Goodwin. Um, looking at running back, Carlos Hyde had you know a fairly nice week last week, but Matt Breida had a little bit of a better week. But you know Hyde's Hyde's a good player. You know now he's getting the Rams without Aaron Donald, without a lot of their starting defensive players. So he should be able to do whatever he wants. Um, I look for Hyde to have a nice one. I look for the 49ers offense to roll. And then when you look at the Rams on offense, you know, Cooper Cup's not practicing with an injury, but Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods, they're both talked about, you know, playing a series or two and then getting them out of there. Uh, Jared Goff's not going to play, so Sean Mannion's getting the start. Todd Gurley's not going to play, so – uh, you know, Malcolm Brown's getting the start there. Malcolm Brown's probably going to see 20 or so touches, but he doesn't provide that kind of dynamicism that uh, Gurley does. He's not a guy who's going to pop off big plays. So um, the upside for him is really only there if he gets a couple short 
scores, but I, th- I think he's probably a running back two on the week. Uh, and, and that's about all the plays because we don't know who else is going to step in and play a wide receiver. It's probably going to be a lot of Farrell Cooper in the slot. Uh, so Reynolds out wide. I don't think you can lock any of these guys <laughs> into your lineups as background. Sound frustrated talking about this. This is this week 17 frustration. Are you boycotting right now? Stag party? Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, all right, what else we got? Um, that's it for this game. Nice. Let's move on to the one thing quickly. Sammy Watkins, eight touchdowns on the year. I'm yeah. with you, man. If that guy can get somewhere and be the number one, the way he started out that season that he had eight touchdowns, God, he could be – he could be sleeper next year, but I, I don't know. He might want to just stay and win, but I don't know. I can't believe that guy had eight touchdowns this year. Uh, kind of turned it around that that last dependent players in the league, um, but the, the touchdowns were definitely there for him, especially over the second half of the season. You know, from week uh, nine on, he had six of them. So there you go. And but I don't think he. I don't think his game screams touchdown dependent. That's just the way he was used this year. You know what I mean? Like yeah. If he gave this guy, a, a, I don't think he's a high volume guy, and I think he's a wide receiver too. Um, but more than a more than a lead uh, lead guy. But uh, keep your eye on where that guy goes. Um, if he goes anywhere, if he stays where he is, he wants to win and be a part of something special because I think that's where the Rams will be, and that'd be great if he does that. But it, it definitely. He takes a hit. He becomes more of a uh, John Taylor um, uh, secondary guy on a a team scope. But uh, let's go to Raiders at the Chargers. All right. Okay. Okay. Like Marshawn Lynch running back two, I guess. Uh, At wide receiver, Crabtree probably getting shadowed uh, by Hayward. Um, Chargers are still one of the teams with an outside shot at the playoffs. Uh, they need to win in a couple things to go right for them, but it, it's not a major thing. I feel, bad. Right I feel bad for Crabtree. Uh, sorry to interrupt you. Uh, Crabtree owners uh, in last week's game that were kind of just like, oh, I need, all I need is a, the worst game of the season by Crabtree. And he threw up a donut. Oh, I, I thought I was going to lose because of it, and I almost lost my shit, but whew, pulled that one out. Yeah, Crabtree, between that fight uh, situation with Tlaib and this game, um, anybody that was in those nose-hair-close types of games this, this year, um, Crabtree is definitely falling out of favor if they were on his team because uh, that was two shite-box games at the wrong time, and uh, it's a game of inches, man. I know personally, and I'll just quickly say this, I feel like an asshole that in my oldest league, the team that won it, he was just he was just the hardest worker, dude. And, and he was just the hardest worker. I got lazy. I got off to like a 5-0 and start. I was crushing everyone by points. And I just got to be honest, I just said it and forget it more than usual on that one. And at the end of the year, I was like, in the playoffs, I smoked every team every week. And I was like, Oh my god! But I but I didn't make the playoffs, and I'm like, oh my god! 
you just did not pay enough attention to this league. Uh, and it, it was a really learning lesson. So something you'd think that a guy that runs a fantasy football website would be on it and be the, and just like sometimes you get so busy with fantasy and sick of fantasy because you're doing this site and you get busy with work and not making excuses. I'm, I'm, I'm auditing myself and giving myself a bitch lap. But God, if I had just given like 10% more effort, I would be the champion in that league like kind of easily. I, the team that won it, just not a good team. Uh, so food for thought. Stick with it the whole season. The little things will bring him home the crown. Yeah, yeah. You got to stick with it. You got to make moves. And especially if you're in week 17. Week 17, you got to be crafty. <laughs> She's crafty. She gets around. All right, let's keep going with the Raiders. Um, and then um, you can pop on over to the Chargers. You know what we should do, though? Let's do it. Let's do one little long because it's harder on these. Let's do a little moment for to keep the lights on and i'll be able to figure out another spot to slot one in but let's listen to this all right um i'll figure out there might be an abrupt ad earlier in the show sorry about that but when we're when we're apart and we don't really care about week 17 games we don't think about the little things uh you got anything else you want to rock on the raiders uh you know, Amari Cooper had another decently nice game last week. You could probably maybe play him as a dart throw wide receiver three. But <laughs> oh, it, it, how the mighty have fallen there, huh? Yeah, I, I, you knew I was the biggest, highest on him going in. He's one of the few calls I made right. I knew he wasn't going to be good. And you know I liked Carr. I just don't think he's – I think he's an overrated player. Sadly enough, I think he's just an overrated player. Um, doesn't have the heart. Don't haven't liked what I've seen on the football field by him since rookie year, and I know that he's crushed it. He's had two thousand yard seasons in his first two years, touchdowns. You know, when you look at the numbers against the all time greats in their first two seasons, he stood out. But I just I didn't like, never liked what I saw. So hopefully I'm wrong. Um, but it's, you're right. He has kind of finally in the last couple few weeks done a little something. Yeah. Let's move over to the Chargers. Chargers battling. So I think everybody's going to be involved there. Keenan Allen looks like a strong play. Phillip Rivers, you know, strong as well against the Raiders. Um, they have struggled to score points in the last couple matchups, just 17 and 16 points scored in their last two games. Uh, against the Raiders, even though they sport one of the softest defenses in the league, uh, that's something you just got to put on the back burner for right now. Phillip Rivers got to try to put this team on his back going to the playoffs uh, and try and get in there. Uh, the major question mark is really Melvin Gordon and whether they're going to throw him out there. Uh, I guess he's got an ankle sprain. Uh, so they're trying to figure out if he's going to be active to go limited today. Uh, missed practice for most of the week. Uh, looks like a game-time decision for him. If not, it's probably going to be Brandon Oliver in his place. Austin Eckler you know, was active last week but did not play a snap. Uh, he has a wrist injury of his own. I don't know if that's something they want to mess with right now. Um, Oliver looks like a nice DFS uh, low-cost low dart throw. Yeah, uh, it's... 
He's going to be either something or nothing. And the problem is it's a 425 game, so you'd have to find a nice pivot just in case he doesn't play uh, or Melvin Gordon does play. Uh, you know, Antonio Gates also probably a pretty strong play here against the Raiders who allow, you know, anything they want to opposing touch, uh, opposing tight ends. So we saw it last week without Hunter Henry, how he was highly, highly involved. That's something that could continue here. Uh, pretty good insurance policy there. Speaking of insurance, can I get a Valverde? I didn't know Valverde sold insurance. Yeah, no, my liver has got an insurance policy on on it. Kind of like Mary Hart did with her legs back in the olden days. I, I've done it with my liver. Oh. All right, let's uh, move to the different a different position on the Chargers. Nope, we're done. We're done. No, nothing happening is. Uh, no, what? Yeah, we're done. Okay, moving on. To, I like I like your style, Stag Party. I talked about Tyrell and Keenan. Yeah. Okay. Very Both awesome. strong plays against the Raiders. All right. Got it. Um, I'm so worried about my Valverde. I didn't want to interrupt you. Chiefs at the Broncos. Patrick Mahomes. That's awesome. He's going to play a tough defense. We're really going to find out what they have in this guy here. But as for his weapons, you know, how much is Tyreek Hill going to play? How much is Travis Kelsey going to play? Are they going to run Kareem Hunt out for more than a series, if at all? Those are all major, major question marks for me that, that are going to have to be sort of answered by a beat writer because um, I, I just don't know if we're going to see any of these guys. The Chiefs aren't you know able to move up uh, in, in the playoff standings. Um, you think you think that um, – you know, I'm psyched, obviously, that Mahomes third's playing, but they are in the playoffs. There is that, you know, kind of uh, – looking over your shoulder thing that's made Alex Smith a, a, a strong, have a, such a strong season. Do you, do you think it's a great, obviously I, I bet you Reed talked to Alex Smith about this and made sure he was on board, but don't you think maybe Alex Smith should have started, maybe done one drive, keep him clean and then throw in Mahomes? Is it weird to kind of have him just in this scenario? You know, in my opinion, it would almost be like, don't 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 overread into this, but like when Montana was on the 49ers, if they had already, you know, made their made their bed, made the playoffs and 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 not not had anything to play for, it's like, okay, Steve Young, you're coming in and you're playing. You know, is there a li- anything in the air that's a little strange about this? Mm, no, not at all. Andy just decided he was sitting in starters in week 17 when they got nothing to play for. All right, fair enough. I'm looking for narrative street. You're not giving it to me. Fair enough. Chiefs, uh, you you don't think um, Kelsey's playing? Not more of the, not like you're playing them. You're hoping for like a first drive touchdown, and that's it. But you know, Kelsey's a guy who's really had his way with the Broncos the last couple of years. Uh, so it's the best spot to attack them, but I just don't know how much any of those guys are going to play, and it, it scares me. Cool, the Broncos. Let's talk about them. 
this is another one where Paxton Lynch is expected to get playing time just to see what they have in him. But also, you know, he's been dealing with that ankle injury. But I expect to see a lot of C.J. Anderson like we've seen over the last two weeks. Uh, It's really worked in the passing game. It's probably Demarius Thomas and nobody. So I I think you're looking at C.J. Anderson and Demarius Thomas. uh, And Emmanuel Sanders is probably on your bench. Uh, You know, Cody Latimer, uh, he was banged up last week, but he's a guy – who going forward, probably going to change teams. And if he goes to a wide receiver needy team, could could be a guy who ascends a little bit. Uh, But that's not a guy I don't think I can go all out on the line for after this many years. So that's it for the Broncos, man. How many yards does CJ needs? um, 54 yards to get a thousand. So, and coming off, how, how many carries he had? Like 30 carries last week, right? Let me sorry, I've got that, that number. Two weeks ago. 30 was that yeah, you're right. That was week 15. Sorry. Um but you you were still very, very involved last week. Um yeah. you're right. He had a huge game two weeks ago. I'm sorry. Um, all right, cool. Let's move on. You got anything else to say? What do you think, Cody Latimer? Do you think that as a guy that was drafted before so many great wide receivers, do you think that he's could have a, a resurgence, a renaissance, and you know, only four-ish years after he's drafted. But could he? Could he start doing something on another team? Or does like it, everything else, it's landing spot, landing spot, landing spot. Location, location, location. All right, let's go to the Jaguars at the Titans. Jaguars have nothing to play for. Uh, correct. I mean, they're or no that they're the one team that could get the one spot if. Or no, am I wrong? No, Jaguars locked in. Locked in. Okay, never mind. It's either Pittsburgh or uh, or the the Patriots. That's right. Um, what are they going to do as a result of being liggity locked in? I mean, the Jaguars are locked in with the number three seed pretty much no matter what happens. Uh, but fucking Doug Marone's dumbass is out here saying, oh, we're not resting our starters. Nobody's getting rested. This is a team in our division that came out and whipped our butts earlier this season. We got to whip them back. Um, I'll be honest. I like that. I know it's stupid if, if Fournette gets injured or somebody gets injured. Like, you know what? That coach is, is is there to win games. And if you got your butt whipped by this team earlier and you want to be the alpha male, I like that more than sitting guys like the Chiefs or maybe some of these other, you know, Patriots or whoever else, we've seen the backfire. So Marone, you might be a dumbass, and I know he's kind of a a, a meathead, you know, kind of guy. But I, I I actually like I like this is a team that's been the laughing stock, the doormat of the league, and now all of a sudden they're just going to be like, oh yeah, we're better. No, we're going to hey, keep proving it each week. I got a question. Yeah, have you seen Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell? Both go down with injuries in the last two weeks of the season in any of the last three years. Yeah. In, in all of the last three years? Yeah. So you right. you have no movement. Like a guy like Fournette, if you want to play Bortles because it's Blake Bortles, is your friend? <laughs> like, fine. But if you want to play Leonard Fournette, who's missed games in, in the last two weeks? Hey, I'm with now. you. I'm with you. Fournette's set. Don't okay. sit anybody else. I'm with you. Sit Fournette. 
He's he. What but, about what about Marquise Lee, who hasn't played the last couple of weeks? I mean, he hasn't played anyway, so I'm not even worried. He can sit out. But yeah. I, I'd say I'd say go into the game and say we're trying to win. You know, you got Cole. You, hey, we're trying to win. We're we got our guys in. We're gonna we got whipped by these guys. We're gonna, but I'm with you. But I like I like what he's saying. You know, instead of it, oh, we're gonna rest our starters. We're the Jaguars. We're used to being here. Eh, no. <laughs> But I hear I, I'm with you on Fournette. Yeah, um, but because of that and the way the Titans play, uh, I, I think Bortles is another one a strong start if they're really going to go with that um, and play him the whole game. And then I think Keelan Cole's strong. Um, you know, D.D. Westbrook, I think he's strong. Mercedes Lewis has got an ankle injury, so I imagine he'll be held out. Uh, if it's T, if it is Leonard Fournette, I think he's you know an RB two flex. If not, TJ Yeldon flex, Chris Ivory flex, uh, and that's that. But this could be interesting. Let's go to the other side. Yeah. Titans win and they're in the playoffs. Titans win and they are in. Um. No. Ah. Uh, they need uh, something else to happen. I, I, that's the part. That's what I'm looking up right now. I think. I think if they win, they're in. Um, the thing is, crazy. everybody's going to finish nine and seven, right? Or potentially the the Bills, the Titans, and the uh, uh, Chargers. So if the Chargers win, they are in. Yeah, the Chargers win, they're in. Um, yeah, so it's a big game for them. They're they're still holding out hope that uh, you know Demarco Murray is going to be able to come in and play for them when it's probably better off if he just sits and you go with Derrick Henry. And if Derrick Henry is the lone back there, we know that we've been yeah. waiting for that. Um, yeah, waiting for it. I, I think Derrick Henry is. I think we a lot of us can agree for a week seventeen play um, has about as much incentive to have. Nice game, both for his team, him as a player, and situationally as almost anyone that we've talked about so far. Yeah. Um, so Henry, if he's the lone guy back there, it should be great times. You can start him as like an RB one. This is a must-win game for them. Uh Richard Matthews, uh, you know, this passing game in general, um, besides like Delaney Walker, probably wide receiver three dart throws at best. Uh, just because of the tough corner coverage that is expected to remain in the game from Jalen Ramsey and AJ Boye, uh, you know both of those guys are expected to play, and that makes it tough to start the pass catchers. Tough to start Mar- Marcus Mariota, um, but Delaney Walker should probably be locked into your lineups. That's the biggest way you can hurt the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, defense through the air. Nice. All right, let's go. Over to the – no, next game. Let's go to the Saints at the Buccaneers. Start with the Saints. Pretty sweet that those guys got two Pro Bowl – a Pro Bowl backfield. That's kind of unheard of. Has that ever happened before, actually? Um, 74 or some real weird year. Pretty awesome. Uh, Saints, what do you got? What do you think they've got in store this weekend? Uh, the Saints are our team with a little bit of – you know, potential movement, uh, beat, beat the Buccaneers and you get a home playoff game. 
Um, if they don't win, though, they could, you know, fall all the way to the fifth spot and maybe play in Carolina, Los Angeles, you know, have to go on the road. So, but it is the Bucks. The Bucks have really been struggling. Um, so I, I think they're going to try all they can do to be at home, uh, you know, hosting a playoff game at the Superdome next weekend because we know this is a team that likes to play there. And when they do, they can score some points. Uh, the last two times these teams have played, uh, New Orleans has scored 30 points and 11 points. Um, the offense has been, you know, rolling. It's been Alvin Kamara and, uh, you know, Mark Ingram. They're both top 10 uh, backs on the season. So I think you're starting both of them, you know, pretty much as your RB1s, RB2s, uh, and loving the way that goes. Um, then you're looking at the rest of it. Um, you know, Michael Thomas had a down game last week, battling through a hamstring injury. Uh, you know, the fact that he played didn't suffer a setback. That's a good sign for him, uh, against a Buccaneers pass defense that gives it up to opposing, um, to opposing wide receivers. I think you could roll out Michael Thomas. Um, and then, you know, it's sort of probably avoiding everybody else. Like your big, your next best dart throw is maybe Ted Ginn back and healthy, but that is what it is. Another dart throw. Um, we we did see it, you know, sort of pop off last week, but the the plays are pretty clearly the plays. Drew Brees probably one of the top five options against the Bucks. The problem is. He just needs to convert one of these or two of these passing touchdowns. But he's been the most consistent quarterback in terms of scoring. Like, he's going to get you 16 to 18 points, uh, but the upside isn't there. So if you have, like, a two-week playoff and you like, you're like you playing catch-up, I, I'd probably lean to another quarterback. Like, I'd probably say, fuck it, maybe go with a Jameis over a Breeze in that case. I agree. Um yeah, you look at the numbers, and I, I, I'm not able to pull this up right now, but you look at the numbers on uh, on Michael Thomas through two seasons, and uh, essentially, I'm spacing which other player he, he's out doing. I don't think it, it wasn't uh, OBJ, but he's basically got the – if he has an okay game in this one uh, on Sunday, he's got the best first two seasons in NFL history. Nice. Yeah, catches, yards, touchdowns, like across the board, he's uh, he's lighting up. I'm forgetting who it was against. It might have been uh, Cooper, but I don't think it is. Um, all right, sorry, I, I did try and search it out, didn't find it. Um, all right, let's. Anyone else talk about on this team? No, no. no let's go to the box. Books. Uh, you know, the Saints are still sort of a tough defense, but. They've been giving up points the last couple weeks. Uh, Buccaneers, you know, seemed to put it together a little bit last week uh, with the pass game, you know, throwing it to Evans. Uh, Sean Jackson's, you know, had an injury, and then that little, uh, you know, he had a fall guy after his car got driven into a tree. His friend, he said his friend took it without his permission. So I don't know what the I don't know what the fuck's going on there, 
but good for him for having a fall guy. It's an important thing as an NFL player. Very important. Um, but I, I don't know if he's going to be out there this week. O.J. Howard, we know, is on IR, so Cameron Brait. But then Brait had another underwhelming fantasy performance last week. Uh, I, still, I think he could do pretty well here. Uh, and then Peyton Barber and Doug Martin sort of switched off last week. Real annoying. I don't think he could play either of those guys with any confidence. I would lean Barber over Martin, though, if, it, if I had to, if my balls were in a vice. Uh, it was OBJ, actually. They're definitely the only uh, – it was OBJ in the comparison. Only guys in history to have 90-plus receptions in their first two seasons. So take it from there. Um, all right. Uh, yeah, that's um, – we need, we, we're not talking about Dirk Cotter gone. I'm hoping that um, Chucky goes there. I think he – if he's going to coach again, I kind of think he will go there just because the leash is so long there. I think he already lives in Florida. Um, he's such a legend that he'll carve out he'll carve out as many years as he wants there. I think even if the team's shitty, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited. I, I hope I hope we get Gruden to be the head coach of that team next year. One of sixteen new head coaches. Uh, <laughs> let's go to the Bills at the Dolphins. Um, you know, I think with the Bills, are they? They're out of it, but are they going to play shady? Or are they? Gonna... Hello, hello. You broke up. Sorry, uh, Say, I broke up. Yeah, I don't know if it got recorded or not. So repeat, just in case. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, shady. Uh, they're out of the playoffs. So are they, is shady playing? Is are they doing Peterman? Or are they doing like what? You never know what's going on with this team over the last second half of the year. Uh, what are your expectations from a fantasy standpoint on Bills players going? Clay's going to get some run, but who else? Uh, I don't know if they're out of the playoffs. The The Bills can still get the number five seed if the Titans and Ravens both lose. So, uh, you know, Shady McCoy today posted on Twitter, you know, go, go Bengals. Uh, you know, playing a game congruently with them because they need the Ravens to lose to get up there. Um, unfortunately, it, it's you know one of those long shots. I'd, lo- I'd love the Bills to make it over those other t- over the Titans and Ravens. You just don't like the style of football they play. I mean, I just feel like the Ra- yeah, yeah. I'd rather see the Bills do it. I-, I like the Ravens, but I feel like they don't deserve it this year. Um, and the Titans, I definitely feel like they just – that whole franchise needs a, a little bit of a wake-up and say, all right, guys, we thought we were better than we are. Let's be better next year. I'd like the Bills. I want the Bills out of those three teams. All right. Um, so, LaShawn McCoy is playing. Everybody's playing. Um, I don't see any of these guys being necessarily a great play besides LaShawn McCoy, Clay. You know, a guy who should see some volume. You know, Kelvin Benjamin, a guy who should see some. Tyrod Taylor, a, a guy who could be, you know, a back-end QB one on the week, but I don't feel any strong convictions about that. Um, that's it. Like, it, it's LaShawn McCoy and nobody. <laughs> They're like um, a souped-up version of the, the Bears. Yeah, I agree. 
All right, let's look at the Dolphins. Uh, what do you? What are your feelings on? You know, let's just start with Kenyon, your Kenyon favorite player, Drake. Landry. Fuck that, Kenyon Drake, most exciting <laughs> player in you know Dolphin Land. Uh, he should still see a giant, giant portion of the work. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, the guy's been dominant. Uh, last week, he had a little bit of uh, a letdown, you know. Um, yep. Unfortunately, it, it was just 13 for 57, and he didn't catch any of his three targets, but he played a boatload of snaps. Uh, you know, Damien Williams, they're not expecting him to be backing out there, and I think they want to see what they have in this young player who's – you know, still just 23 years of old, 23 years old, will turn 24, you know, next month after the new year. But that stretch was dominant, and I think they need to see if that can continue. So I expect to see a lot of Kenyon Drake. Uh, then at wide receiver, I think it is Jarvis Landry playing out of the slot uh, against the Bills. Um, should see a lot of Micah Hyde, but then, uh, you know, Devontae Parker, Kenny still should see a lot of Tredavious White. Um, maybe he even set shadows one or the other. That's going to be the thing. Um, I'd have to bet that Stills is the better play over Parker, but they tried to force feed him last week. Um, Jay Cutler, going to do Jay Cutler things, probably smoke a cigarette on the sideline. It's week 17, and then he's going to you know, go to his hotel where he's been staying all year. Like, where the fuck do I get my final paycheck? Has he been staying at a hotel in Miami the whole year? Yeah. Oh, my God. He's very mad about the choice of uh, on-demand movies. It's like, oh, they're they're up there for like a month, and then I, I have to wait you know, for new ones to come out. Just figure it out. Your your wife used to be in uh, on the OC or whatever, the, the Hills or whatever the dumb shit is. She got to know one person that's on the Academy Awards list that can send you every movie out for free. Nice work. Way to way, way to be way to be connected, douchey. Um, is Houdini out right. of the bar right now, or is he posting old pictures? It would be it would be interesting if I, I'll tell you one thing. Houdini had a hundred degree temperature. He's not on the show, and we love him. We want him to be well. But I promise you, those plans that he has tomorrow night, he'll make those. <laughs> <laughs> In there, doesn't that? In there, wow. doesn't that? Be like, oh, I barely made it. Tomorrow night, he's going to be at like Martyrs seeing the Rebirth Brass Band videos on Facebook. Like, hmm, got healthy pretty quickly. Just yeah. kidding, Houdini. I love you, dude. We got we to gotta throw some shade on you, but feel better. Uh, good times. I, I don't actually don't want to give Houdini shit because he's the only guy, he's the only hope I have to, to make it seven hours because – he he can drink a lot. <laughs> um, how many Bud Latte? Oh, you got Corona still. I haven't touched one. But uh, you're going to be ready to get shit-faced uh, a week from Saturday, right? A little bit. No. Nah. Nah. Uh, Houdini does have one thing going for him this weekend. There's more 425 games than there are... One o'clock games. That's what I said. Houdini, we, I wish he was here. He's got ni- we got nine four o'clock games. Never happened in the history of the league. Um, <laughs> all right, let's go to the Cardinals. We got only got three more. This is gonna be good. We're gonna get keep this under two hours. Stag party. We we missed our uh, hour and a half window that we hoped for, but um, that's all right. Actually, before we get into this next game, do me a favor. Listen to this. 
Cardinals at Seahawks. Are you buying into the whole uh, whole thing that the coach is getting canned, Arians, or parting ways? I I think it's definitely a possibility. Uh, you know, they're talking about it, and it's potentially, you know, Arians, the guy with some health issues right now, he's a guy who could just up and retire uh, instead of trying to find another job. But he's a guy who's going to be highly coveted around the league should he become available. Um, I would love. Remember how we complained about how we went. Yeah, with, how they fucked it up before. We I don't went think with Cressman. I think I think he'd go more likely to go back to the Colts. You know, oh, where yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Andrew Good Luck point. and was the interim coach, but who knows? Um, wow, that would be. Um, there's also a little bit of uh, a little bit of buzz that maybe. Um, ah, shit! I'm spacing. I'm going to space the name for a moment. Uh, head coach of the Jets might go back to where he's the defense coordinator. Oh yeah, Bulls. Bulls. Um, yeah. Uh, talk about fantasy football for one second with the Cardinals. The only guy <laughs> I want to play is Larry Fitzgerald. Of course. Uh, it could be just a. Uh, Maybe Larry is done with it too. I mean, he did just sort of restructure his deal for another year, but you know, maybe he's just done. Maybe he goes out with the bang, puts up another two touchdown performance, tea bags the Seahawks on his way out on their quest <laughs> for uh, you know another playoff berth. But Larry, Larry's just been amazing this year. You know, one of the true value value picks at wide receiver who really, you know exceeded expectations so first uh first pyro character we ever did was based on larry fitzgerald that guy's the greatest um such a stud and it's such a bummer that the guy uh one one james harrison 98 yard touchdown almost touchdown or touchdown return away from being a one-time super bowl champion had two two chances to do it over two but yeah fitz uh fitz did it right i uh, i hope i hope he's not gone i hope he doesn't hang it up i i think he's the kind of guy over the next couple if he does a couple more seasons like literally then and he and he plays and does what he's been doing on the volume and been a timeless and ageless then he's going to be a top six you know stats across the board kind of guy and i agree i don't think he he needs that for him to feel like his legacies that doesn't matter to him but those numbers at the end to be right there with the mosses and whatnot um he really just needs like one season yeah um flipping over to the seahawks you know, they need this one. They need this victory to get into the playoffs. That makes me believe that Russell Wilson is one of the top quarterbacking options of the week. They could still miss. They could, you know, finish 10-6, and six, still miss the playoffs. Uh, playoffs. Um, remember that Blair Walsh missed uh, a game-tying field goal against the Falcons that could end up being the difference when we look at you know, the Seahawks season, if if the Falcons are able to pull out a victory. Um, uh, it, it's interesting. Lots of things can happen there. Um, whew, man, I like all the weapons because of this. Like Doug Baldwin, he's going to avoid Patrick Peterson. Paul Richardson should see a lot of um, Patrick Peterson because he plays more on the outside. 
Um, you know, at running back, Mike Davis, that's probably – I'm not going that route, but the volume has been there for him this week. So I want to start Russell Wilson. I want to start Jimmy Graham, and I want to start Doug Baldwin. And then all the other pieces here I'm probably avoiding. Yeah. And even Jimmy Graham's been disappointing, but – Jimmy Graham's going to finish with what? 500, under 500 yards, maybe? Maybe 10 touchdowns. I don't even know if that's ever happened. Yeah, no. He, he, imagine if he has a touch, one catch and a touchdown. It'll be literally like 465 yards and 11 touchdowns. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Maybe he can get to the 500, but um, we're going to have, I'm going to have to find this. Cray, cray. Um, all right. While you're finding that, should we move on? Uh, Dougie Baldwin. God, he got to be honest. He was a letdown this year. Just like, what was his highest? Uh, a guy that's used to kind of over the last at least couple of years have, uh, I guess he, he's 16th. Um, but he's right where he belongs. He's right, right where he belongs, but he didn't have like, he used to be like slow and steady, but he would have a monster or two. The last couple years, like, let's put it this way. Last year, he had three games over 20 points. This year, so far, with one opportunity to have none. His best scoring week of the season was week three at 16.5. Uh, two years ago, he had only – wow, Jesus. He had – out of in the second half of the season, he had – Four huge games. He had a 32 point game. There was a streak where he had 32, 21, and 26. So I know you're saying he's right where he should be, but considering that everyone's talking about how great that Russell's been, I'm surprised he hasn't had one like kind of ginormous game. He's never had on the season any double digit touchdowns or any game over 110 yards. He's only been over 100 yards twice this season. I mean, to be honest, he's been under 50 yards about six or seven times. Um, it's, I think Doug Baldwin's, uh, Doug Baldwin's draft slot is about to take a huge hit, and rightfully so. I, I'm going to draft him as like wide receiver 18 because that sounds the most right. Mm. Um, yeah. This year he was like a third, fourth rounder in small leagues. And in bigger leagues, still kind of high. Yeah, he was going at the very beginning of the third round of most drafts. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, that's that that hurts. Um, all right, you got you got the stat that you wanted, or should we move on to the Panthers Falcons? Uh, there's been like three seasons in history of any position having you know. 10 touchdowns in less than 500, 10 plus touchdowns in less than 500 yards receiving. Um, so the other one's Julius Thomas. Uh, yeah. There's a guy named Johnny Blood in 1931 that I can't figure out how he has 11 receiving touchdowns and no receiving yards, but I'll just leave that out there. Um, so there's really been two times that this has ever happened. What if he does get over the 500 yard threshold? There will be uh, 12 different seasons in which it's occurred, but right. interesting enough. I'm going to let you do what you started at the very beginning of the show. With time to get back into the Panthers and Falcons. I'm going to let you run with it for a minute. 
best game of the week. I think you gotta, you know, go out here and uh, play everyone. Um, uh, I, I don't really see any glaring guy you can, you know, sit. Tevin Coleman's a guy who, you know, had been struggling with the concussion. They're not sure if he's going to be back. And if he's not back, that makes Devonta Freeman a great play. Julio Jones should be locked into your lineup, of course. Uh, Muhammad Sanu should be locked up into your lineups. Uh, you know, slot receivers against the Carolina Panthers have been able to eat. Um, you know, Hooper, you're probably not going to. Taylor Gabriel, you're probably not going to. And I probably wouldn't go too high on Matt Ryan, but I do think he could finish as a back end, you know, quarterback one. But, you know, it, it, it's tough. Um, at, at the Panthers, you know, Cam Newton's locked into your lineup. Probably a real strong play. Um, you know, at running back, Christian McCaffrey is an RB2. You know, maybe Jonathan Stewart is a flex if you're desperate searching for a touchdown. And then, you know, at wide receiver Funchess, they put Demir Bird on IR, who'd been sort of, you know, a big play threat for them the last couple weeks, uh, you know, in the return game and in the receiving game. Um, and then, Greg Olson at tight end after his big performance had a sort of lit down. Um, that that's pretty much it for this game. This is one though that should be one of the best of the day. Um, it, you know, a pretty big game for both sides with a lot of things that you know still need to happen. You back yet? No. Okay, let's go on to. Uh, the last game of the week, let's talk Bengals at Ravens. We talked about how the Bengals hold uh, a lot of the Bills' fates in their hands. Uh, you know, this is a division game for them. They do play the Bengals tough. Um, you know, they were shut out by the Ravens earlier uh, this year, 20 to nothing in September. Um, but this has been a back and forth type of matchup uh, for them before uh, without Jimmy Smith, AJ green should have a much uh, cleaner matchup. So I like AJ green um, at, at running back, you know, Joe Mixon suffered another injury last week to his ankle. Uh, we don't know if it's going to be, uh, you know, a problem going forward, but my bet is they hold him out and just ride geo if so, I think Geo's is probably a good play because of his ability as a pass catcher. Um, you know, he caught a 39-yard pass uh, against the Ravens uh, to be the second leading receiver last time these two teams played this year. He, he's got that dynamic juice, and he's looked like the best running back on that team with the most wiggles. So maybe that's a guy with something to prove going forward that he deserves a bigger share than the Highly drafted rookie in Mixon. Uh, Dalton, no matchup, no, not against the Ravens. He threw for just 170 yards last time, threw a couple picks. Um, and flipping over to the Ravens side, I, I, I want to play Alex Collins. Uh, he didn't even really play in this matchup, but they did rush for nearly 200 yards against the Bengals earlier this year. Uh, West rushed for 80 yards. Uh, Javoris Allen rushed for 71 yards. Um, 
and Macklin made a big play last time these two teams played, but it's it's hard to really count on anything uh, from Macklin or Woodhead or Wallace uh, right now. Agreed. I like the way that I went to the bathroom and you powered through. You powered through three teams. You are the greatest. You're like. Before we started recording Stagfire, like, what should we call it? It's like, uh, well, we're calling it boycott in week 17. This is terrible. I'm like, so how's everything going? I'm like, we got to get this thing done. <laughs> and guess what? We have yeah. achieved such a thing. Nice work, Stag Party. I love you. This is the last regular season uh, matchup um, podcast for 2017 that we have to do. Like we said, uh, next week we will be doing the wild card sometime midweek and then uh, episode 300. Do us a favor. Just keep listening. Go to iTunes if you haven't. Give us a review. Give us a little write-up, uh, five-star rating, whatever. Um, check us out on, on Twitter. Uh, Stags, quickly give your Twitter account. At Pyrostag. P-Y-R-O-S-T-A-G. All right, and then we are at P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one A-C. Um, nice work, buddy. Hey, enjoy Thanks, your new year. Have a good time. I know tomorrow you got some family stuff, but I hope on um, New Year's Eve you're going out with all your good close homies and lighting the lamp. Uh, but great season. You're a machine, and um proud and happy that you're on pyro and i appreciate everything you bring to the table on these shows and on the website so uh enjoy a close of a great season and um opening up uh new doors and new great moments for uh 2018 uh much love buddy ah thanks man have a happy new year to you and to all of you out there listen to the sweet sweet melody of nothingness Later.